Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. If the summary of your job description basically read, do good, how would that affect your life? I sit down with Pastors Ed and Dan to talk about how they approach ministry and strive for balance. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. And I'm Dan. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? So today's episode was my idea. Yes. So strap in. (laughs) Okay. This should be fun. Should we be nervous? Probably. I I am. Seatbelts on. Yeah, I mean, that's probably fair. Okay. Yeah. So, because we were talking about a force for good. We're talking about a force for good. And I keep coming back to, you know, the... I'm a behind-the-scenes kind of person. I like seeing how the sausage gets made. I'm the person that takes things apart, right? They're That's like to, rare. Like that. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's a sickness. Um, but I I keep coming back to this idea of of sort of life as a clergy person. Mm. You know, I'm sort of, I'm, I I think organists are kind of we're clergy adjacent. We're kind of around <laughs> you guys a lot. Alongside the clergy, we're along. You know, we we go to school with you guys. You know, but we're kind of. We're over in our practice rooms by ourselves a lot. So that's <laughs> Up problems. in your choir lofts. Yes, yes. we're off, being you know, being lofty. getting the, the, the big hunchback. picture view. Yes, sure. Um, yes, definitely. I do. I do a really nice view. View from the, the balcony. Morning. It's very nice. Um, but this idea that, you know, the expectation, the expectations of the job mm-hmm. and also as we're talking about being a force for good, that the expectation is that your kind of identity and, and role in life is to be a force for good. Mm. And um, as normal humans, I assume with <laughs> all too normal, things, you know, this is news I, to me, possibly <laughs> potentially normal. Humans. Like how, how do you balance that? And I know because both of you live on campus, you both have beautiful homes here. Um, how is, th- I also am curious about that too. So we'll start with, all of those questions. Pick one. <laughs> well, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. Yeah, neighbor. you guys are neighbors. Here we are. That's right. That's side right. by side. We see each other picking up our dog's poop. Mm. So how's, how's, that, how's that for? We stay that's, grounded. That's a good way to keep 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 humble. Humor yes. and humility. Serve they, the and, least of these, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> All come from the same root, right? Just keeping it real. So I guess I'll start with you, Ed. So do you... Congratulations. Do you... Do you, is this something you think about on a ever or are you, you're, you're doing the best you can? I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the day of the week. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it's a big question. It's a lot. Right. This yeah. is a big question. So we'll find maybe a little piece of uh, territory from which to launch into it. Okay. So yes, we are truth be told, normal, normal human beings working our way through lives, the ups and the downs, right? The waxing and waning of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, I think in my mind, I've seen a change in myself over the years as I think about this, because I think that when I uh, left seminary, the idea was I was going to be a force for good. You know, I was going to be a force. Yeah. And... Um, that's probably how everybody in my class sort of felt like, wow, thank 
God, you know, here we are. <laughs> well, here we are, world. And uh, but I learned actually fairly early on, but I I am learning it all the time that my role is um, it, to be a force for good. I think as a person who's an ordained member of the clergy is really how to figure out how to help other people do that. Mm. And so it's much more the catalyst. Yes, role model too, uh, modeling certain things. But even there, I would say over the years, it's been a lot more about getting out of the way. And uh, interestingly enough, although I'm quite sure I never heard this word during uh, seminary, the biggest contribution I think I have made to being a force for good in the world is to create a culture of permission giving where people can do that themselves. I mean, the most exciting part of my ministry over the years by far has been watching somebody in a congregation get sparked by an idea and then come into the office and say, you know, I just am thinking about this. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know if it makes sense. And then they start to kind of lay it out. And then before you know it, they got a full-blown idea and off they go. And to see that take off, that is very gratifying. So uh, I guess one other thought I'll just tack on to that. So I've had to make a shift over the years to say, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be less directly responsible than I thought I was going to be. I'm more directly responsible for creating the space where other people can have those dreams and act on them. So I would say that's my thought about what it means to be clergy, mm -hmm. being a force for good, and how my mind had to change and my, you know, I had to pivot away from an expectation that I carried with me through most of seminary. Yeah. Did so. you experience that same expectation, Dan? Oh, the expectation is there. Uh, some some congregations, it's external expectations placed on you as clergy. Mm, sure. Um, and other times it's just internal, I think. I, I too, coming from seminary, thought oh, the Calvary has arrived, you know, the force for good. And I remember my first congregation, I was very emboldened and passionate about telling parents how to be good parents, you know, mm. but healthy marriages. There and you are. I wasn't married and I didn't have any kids, so, but I hey, knew everything. Why should that stop us? Exactly. But I had this great vision and this zeal, and then I got married and had kids, and that changed. I'm just trying to survive. You know? just, Where were those instruction oh, manuals? I wish I could go back to my former self. And but you know, it, it's been humbling. Yeah. You know, mm, always to to find that balance and to realize, look, I'm first and foremost called to be uh, hopefully a good husband and a good dad, and that's a that's a hard enough struggle as it is, just as a human being, as somebody who's trying to walk this life and, and just try as best as I can. And I think that's also helped me to serve the congregation because I can empathize. You know, certainly with, uh, let's say, young parents, we're all going through the same struggles. Mm -hmm. We're all going through the same difficulties. And uh, I'm not pretending to be somebody I'm not. I'm not pretending to not have those same issues, those same questions and fears and concerns and about you know life and when I lose my patience with my boys, you know, that's that's part of who I am. That's part of all of our struggles. And so however, I also know the type of the type of person I want to be. Mm -hmm. I also know the type of father that my boys need me to be. Um, the type of husband that I want to be and my wife needs me to be. And so as I'm just working on myself just for myself's sake, 
I feel a level of being, I can be fairly vulnerable and transparent with others, um, either from the pulpit, you know, when I have my robes on and they think that's this magical costume, at least my boys <laughs> thought it was a superhero cape. Um, I, I have a way of symbolically taking that off and just right. saying, look, we're all in this together and we all do believe that God has these good plans for us and we're striving to kind of live that out. But it's, it's a challenge for all of us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter um, that Ed and I are ordained clergy within the congregation. We have a role to play, but everyone has a role to play. And I'll be honest, some of the best advice that I have received and the best sources of encouragement have come from within the congregation to me. And so it's this reciprocal relationship where... I hope that there's some words of wisdom and some pastoral advice that I can provide. But as I'm living life together with the members of the congregation, I find myself being encouraged and being strengthened and being challenged. And so we're just doing this together. And mm-hmm. uh, it's been helpful for me uh, because I, I the, the expectations still sometimes can creep in and I can feel them or I place them on myself. I also times can just take a deep breath and just sigh and say, well, A, it's not about me anyways. You know, this is God's church, God's congregation, and God has good plans for all of us, and we're just trying to discern that and live that out together as best we can. Does this mean your robe is not a superhero cape? Oh, I'm just yeah. hearing this for the first time. So don't don't tell others. <laughs> it might have it might have make an appearance. I definitely won't tell your boys. No. no. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll figure that out pretty soon, but right now. I'm still a superhero. All right. I also realize that time's going to come to an end. That's a stay with it. I know. Stay with it. I love this idea, though, of just like breaking out from those expectations and 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 those preconceived notions. I think a lot of people have Mm -hmm. about about clergy people and people in ministry that you know you're supposed to be this and this and this and this and this. And I love. I think there's something super empowering about hearing guys like you say we're all in this together guys we're all just figuring it out helping yes. each other One trying to encourage step at each a time other. right yeah we all watch netflix we, do we and occasionally binge yes. uh, you know maybe more than occasionally is there anything worse than net that thing that pops up on netflix are you still watching i know <laughs> come on do i have to? yeah yes yes i <laughs> yes, am yes i am yes i Get am to the next show I did not just leave the Great British Baking Show on. Thank you very much. <laughs> I one time had a member of a congregation, not this congregation, or maybe it was, but I won't say, say, so, so Pastor Dan, be, beyond Sunday, what else do you actually do? And they say, so, like, do you just read the Bible, like, all day long and pray all day long? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I said, no, no, I said... <laughs> No, I watch Netflix. <laughs> just straight face. Just said that, and they just to see what their reaction would be. Yeah, it's a mystery to people. Like, what it is a mystery? What do we actually do? Yeah, right? I think just last week I had someone ask me, "So, what do you do all week? I mean, you play, you play the piano on Sunday mornings, but what else do you like? Yeah, what? Yeah, Leslie, I was wondering that too. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for another Sometimes episode. A whole other episode. Life of an organist. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's uh, you know I I think over the years um, I've always found it interesting when people uh, suddenly get get the message that um, my doubts are their doubts or mm-hmm. their doubts are mine. You know mm-hmm. that we really are walking r- truly alongside one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember this story a friend told me. He was um, 
uh, conductor of a choir, did great work. He also taught choral conducting, and he was at a concert. Just uh, apparently gave you know the whole performance was just beautiful, and his wife was there. And so after the uh, performance, they went home, and they were reflecting on a little bit how beautiful it was. And she got up to go to bed, and she said, "You know, that was really, really lovely." And and honey, don't forget to take out the garbage. You know, <laughs> just keep it real. Just remember who you are. Yeah. Right. That's always good. That's exactly yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I think one of the things that uh, is really interesting about being in this role of a clergy person, and I would also extend this, it's true for you as well, Leslie, that there are many, many times where we are asked to present um, ourselves or to talk about faith when we really don't feel it at all. It's just a dry season. Mm. And for some clergy, I know, I don't know as much for, you know, uh, directors of music, but um, those seasons can go on for a long time. And I remember people were apparently were so shocked years ago when some of Mother Teresa's Mm -hmm. more autobiographical information came to light where she talked about basically her entire life was what has been called the dark night of the soul. She felt like she was disconnected from God, and people were shocked. A lot of clergy said, yeah, (laughs) um, we feel disconnected a lot of the time. That wasn't surprising. Yeah. So, you know, and I think then people may ask the question, well, isn't it a bit hypocritical to continue to be speaking through those moments when you may have doubts, whatever? And I would say bring the, the dryness and bring the doubt and bring all of that into what you're doing, because that's part of what it is. I mean, the biblical material is absolutely full of that material where people are, you know, striking out or lashing out or asking questions or saying, I don't have any experience of you at all, God. What are you trying to do here? So that's another way in which um, that can sometimes be really surprising Mm -hmm. to people, you know. Well, I think, Ed, as well, and I agree with everything you said, if you're ministering or serving or leading out of whatever places you're in. Let's say if it's out of a place of dryness, people can relate to that. Yes. Out of yeah. a place of doubt because people have that. But what <laughs> I've discovered too is if if I think that I need to be always at this place of being completely filled up, mm. then I'm putting much more pressure on me. And mm-hmm. I ultimately, maybe subconsciously, think it's, it's about me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you look at the other side of that, we can be completely dry sometime, and God, in spite of us, mm-hmm. uses us. And in spite of all of us, will use us. So it's not actually about us. Mm-hmm. It's about being at least willing for God to, to speak through us, to, to use us in some ways that, I mean, sometimes I remember some of the Sundays or sermons I would preach that I thought there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, one or two people's hearts mm-hmm. were touched in this profound way. And sure. I end up thinking, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. But then I realized, oh, yeah, it's actually not about me there at you go. all. It was never about me. It's about this congregation and those people. And God, thank you for just still being willing to, to, to use me. Yeah. I mean, what an awful feeling to be in, right, where you think you've got to perform in some mm. sense to present something that you're not. That's where you have... I think what's kind of called the divided life, you know, where you've got a public presentation of something, but inwardly you're totally disconnected Mm. from that. That's a, that's a disintegrated personality there. And that usually leads to trouble. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my experience also is that congregations really want to hear where you're coming from. 
you know it's not that you have this you know unbroken sense of uh you know insight or whatever it might be because that's not really how life is lived and in a way what you do when the more honest and authentic we are the more we give value to all of the seasons of life and Mm -hmm. all of the experiences we have you know the full color all across the emotional spectrum because i do think there is still this lingering idea that to be well and I, i know this to be true that to be a faithful person is always to be somehow upbeat or happy or optimistic And I have had people over the years, and I've always thought this was really sad, who've said to me, you know, I can't really go to church right now because it seems there that there's this pressure to be up or happy. And right now I found out I was diagnosed with a disease, and it's not a happy time for me. I'm pretty weepy. I'm not sure there's a place for me in church. And I've always thought that was really sad because you really want the experience of church to be a place where you can let all the shields down. Mm -hmm. That would be the goal, right? To be vulnerable. We're called to be vulnerable. And that's that's the great spiritual jump we need to make, not to present ourselves in some way that we're not. That's right. And in some ways, if we're called to be vulnerable as a congregation... Um, that can come from within, but often it's the ministers that need to lead that way. Exactly. And I think sometimes the ministers feel they need to do the opposite. Oh, I'm not supposed to be vulnerable. I'm not supposed to be authentic at all. Right. I need to lead or present myself in this way. But it, then if you do that, you're giving the message to the congregation that you can, you're really only safe and welcome when everything is going well in your life. Right. I bet our dogs understand this, right? Because they're the ones who hear us on those yes, walks that you're talking about. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> they hear us pouring our hearts out, right? They they hear it all and they just blissfully. And sometimes walk Billy just, just halts and looks up at me and shakes his head. Like, yeah. Really? I'm like, I know, buddy. <laughs> Can we just walk, please, and, and stop the <laughs> the long monologue? But well, the things that our dogs have heard. Our dogs have, <laughs> our dogs have heard much. They're sworn to secrecy. Yes, they are. That's, That's why we love them. Man's best friend. Pastor's <laughs> best friend. Yes, there you go. Well, thank you so much for sharing so openly and with so much vulnerability about this. I think this will be a really refreshing uh, listen for people. I think they're going to get a lot out of this. So thank you so much for yeah, sharing. Thank you for the question. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the members and friends of Roundhill Community Church. You can find more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org.